0: Welcome to Highway Christian Community Sermon Downloads. For more sermons, please visit our website. We know you will be blessed as you listen. Take care and God bless. Amen. Let's give the Lord a praise before we take our seats. Amen. 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 Worship you, Lord. Worship you, Lord. Thanks, guys. We're going to come back to some worship a little later going to have communion together this morning. So I just want to share around this, introducing in the month of March, the beautiful subject of Jesus. So glad to be back after a weekend away. Spent time with several pastors in Joburg between a wedding on Saturday and ministering at a church in Springs on Sunday. Yes, there is a church in Springs. I do confess. In fact, it's a great church. And there's a mall in Springs as well. So, ladies, go knock yourself out. We had a really good time with, some of you know, Stuart Agnew and Jenny and um, the Lawthers and the Flomes and the pastors in Springs, Steve and Allison Ward. But it's good to be back. Thanks to the guys for... Finishing up on Monday night at the teach time, just want to remind you, tomorrow night, 7 to 8, if you're not in a home cell, please be here. And if you are, I trust your home cell will be represented with the teaching. And uh, we're going to continue this theme of discipleship through these eight topics. It's not just about the information, but it's also about passing on something that is dear to us. I bumped into someone on Monday night. I don't want to mention his name. I haven't asked permission. But two Sundays back, he had a a guy with him. I didn't recognize him. So on the Monday night, I asked, who was that with you on Sunday? looked like a really pleasant guy. He said, yes, Steve, you won't believe what happened. You know, at the beginning of the course, you asked us to write down one name of somebody that we want God to reveal himself to this coming year. I said, yes. He said, well, I wrote this guy's name down. And out of the blue, he fo- calls me on my phone and asks me about some business stuff. And while he's talking to me, I feel the Lord say, invite him to church. He's a non-church goer. Hasn't been to church most of his adult life. So he came on Sunday. And he so enjoyed it. They said, he said, can I also come to the Monday night teaching? And I thought, you know, sometimes it's just for a lack of inviting. It's just for lack of opening our mouth and sharing how wonderful God is. It's just sometimes a lack of opening our mouths and saying, I can pray for you for that situation you're going through right now. Come on, church. We've been invested with a truckload of good news. And we decide, are we going to become the Dead Sea or are we going to be the Sea of Galilee? Because the Sea of Galilee is alive and living, but the river runs through it. The Dead Sea is stagnant because the water runs into it and stops. It can't stop with us. Amen? So as we go through these eight topics, let's keep that as a backdrop. We dealt in February with the omniscience and the greatness of God as He revealed Himself through the Old Testament. To Abraham, El, Elion, the supreme God, to Moses as Yahweh, and, and through the prophets, and to Gideon as Shalom, and through Jeremiah and Ezekiel and the prophets. And we've looked at that over the last few weeks. But we're coming to a name that is above Every other name. And it's the name of Jesus. It's the name by which every knee will bow and every tongue confess. The greatest revelation of God came when he said, I'm going to be with them. I will be Emmanuel. And it was promised to us. The names of God in the Bible. As we come to the book, the New Testament, and we look in Matthew. And would you please read with me. She will give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name Jesus. Say Jesus. Because he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and you and will give birth and they will call him Emmanuel. Which means God with us. The name Jesus means salvation. But the name Emmanuel means our God am going to be with them. Not only was God's character and characteristics being shown through his name through the prophets, but now God is with us. Emmanuel. This is God's highest revelation of who he is. And that's why it's so important to study who Jesus is, what he did. What he offers us. Who we are now, seated in Christ, in heavenly places. Emmanuel, God with us. Interesting, Jesus didn't even start his ministry until he was 30. And then he only had a three-year ministry. And in that time, he never traveled more than 100 kilometers away from home. He never had any formal education other than being streetwise and a good builder. He never wrote a book. But when he was 30, he received a calling from the heavenly father to go and change the world and preach this good news of a kingdom that was going to come and transform the planet. And he called some men. Motley crew, undeserving, unqualified, they felt. Nevertheless, he called this group to follow him. And he invested everything over three years into their lives. Because he knew he was going. But he never wrote a book, never had formal education. Had a 30-year preparation for a three-year ministry. Today you have a three-year preparation for a 30-year ministry. But he was a normal man. He got tired. We see in the scripture, we see he got hungry and thirsty and sat waiting at a well for a lady to come and draw water for him. When he was hungry, he asked his disciples to bring food. He got tired and slept. And then they woke him up in the boat. He even got irritated. Hello? Did they just pop your religious bubble? You know, you can get irritated. You can even get angry, the Bible says. You know, anger is one of our normal emotions, like being happy sad but the bible says in your anger don't sin it's okay to be angry when you hear of the injustices taking place in the world around us it's okay to feel righteous indignation and jesus felt righteous indignation at times but it didn't lead him into sin but he got tired he felt pain he was a normal man in every sense of the word but The Bible says he was born in the fullness of time. And all the prophets had pointed to the Messiah coming. It was a very unique and special time. God chose the right. You know God can choose the right time in your life. I know like Bob Mumford says, God's never late. I just wish he would take an opportunity to be early sometime. But God is never late. And he knows exactly where to place you at the right time. Jesus was put into uh, the Middle East at a time where Rome had provided, uh, highways and communication. And he, Jesus was born at the right time in the right place. And he was born in a community which is, you, you would understand it as being Arabian today in, um, the the, homo- the, 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 homogenics of the, 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 the demographics of the area. He, he was too brown to be Chinese but he was too white to be African and he was too brown to be European because he didn't just come for one race group. He came to save the world. He's not the God of the Chinese or the God of the Europeans or the God of the Americans. He's the God of the world. And he came at the right place into the right area, speaking the right language so that he could be communicated across the planet. But he came with a radical message. He came with a message that his critics didn't like. I mean, he taught some radical things. And then on top of that, he even healed on the Sabbath, which was unheard of. Jesus broke the, one of the Ten Commandments because he said the Son of God gave the Ten Commandments for a, a ethnic group. Through which you would bring the gospel, but the Son of Man is here now, and He's the Lord of the Sabbath. The Sabbath giver was the Sabbath owner, was the Sabbath keeper who gives us a new rest in Christ. But He taught some radical things. He says, you know, Moses said if someone takes your one hour, give them an hour for an hour. I say, if someone slaps you on the one side, let them slap the other side. If they take your jersey, let them. Take your, your c- c- cubbyhole as well. Jesus came, came radically. Your handbag, your handbag. So if Jesus, someone asks for your jacket, give them your, 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 your handbag as well. Give them whatever's in your cubbyhole. Didn't you get that? Do you have to speak slower this morning? I want to get to the exciting stuff. Stop interrupting me so nicely. You're making me speak too slowly. So Jesus came and taught some, you just got to flip through the gospels and see some of the stuff he taught, man. He said, you know, Moses said, don't murder. But I tell you, even if you get angry with someone and want to kill them, if it's an intention of your heart to kill someone, you might as well have done it in the sight of God because you've still sinned. He raised the bar of sin. He confused his critics. One time they started shouting out, If you are who you say you are, then show us a sign. Everyone wants to see a sign. And Jesus said, no sign will be given you except the sign of Jonah. For as Jonah was in the belly of the whale for three days and three nights, so the Son of Man will be killed and buried, but on the third day he'll rise again. You want to see a sign? I'm not going to show you a sign. I'm the sign. Jesus is telling his critics, show us a sign, they say. In the fullness of time, he taught radical things, and he did as many radical things. Under Moses, you couldn't touch the leper. Jesus went straight to the lepers and healed them. And Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are full. As we read in John, Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples which are not recorded in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Come on, can you say amen to that? Jesus n- never left far from his region, but his message was so radical. And the thing that upset his critics the most, even as much as working on the Sabbath was his claim to be the Son of God. That's why they wanted to kill him. He claimed to be incarnate when he said to the Pharisees, the wooden sees, the couldn't sees, the Sadducees, and he looked at them and he said, Before Abraham was, I am. You know when he says, I am, he's talking in Hebrew. Do you know what that sounds like? Before Abraham was Yahweh. And at that, they couldn't take it anymore. They wanted to crucify him right there on the spot. But it wasn't his time, and he walked through the midst. Let me tell you, if it's not your time yet, you don't have to fear what's going on around you. You don't have to look at CNN and hide yourself under your bed. God knows where he put you, at what time, for what reason. And when we walk in the purposes of God, we'll walk straight through that crowd when it's not our time. Amen? No one can claim they God. Well, you can if you want to go to a loony bin. You see, to to claim that you're God, there's only three ways of looking at it. Either you are totally deluded claiming that you're God, in which case you need psychiatric help. You are in need of serious treatment. Or the second option is you really think you are but you're not, you're just deluded. So that's the first option. The second one is, you know you're not, but you say you are, which is lying. Then he's the greatest fraud the world has ever known. But there's a third option. The third option is he was who he said he was. And he said, I'm going to give you a sign. Because as Jonah was in the belly of the whale for three days, the son of man is going to be crucified. He's going to be buried and he's going to rise again. And that's what happened, my friend. When they strapped him up against that pole and took that cat of nine tails and whipped it around his back. Josephus, the historian, says chunks of flesh were torn out of the back of Jesus. And when they took the beard and ripped it from his face and pieces of his skin came off, Isaiah says he was marred beyond recognition. When they put the nails through his hands and feet and dropped that cross into a a hole with a a mighty shivering thud. And Jesus' body tore against those nails. Marred beyond recognition, with a back torn open. He looked out across the masses and he said, Father, forgive him. Father, forgive you. Jesus was talking through time and space and he's looking at your face and you're saying, Father, forgive him because he, they, are lost in first Adam. They received first Adam's sin and spiritual death and only through the gift that... I can provide will they be brought back into life and then know you as their heavenly father abba god so lord in this lost state i pray forgive them and when jesus said it is finished he wasn't saying my life is over he was saying every condemnation has been broken every curse has been broken and healing is provided for everybody and you and I, my friend, will be healed. If not in this life, in the next life. I hope in this life and the next life. And sometimes we see it in this life and the next life. And sometimes we don't and we don't understand that. But I know and I can assure you that Jesus was the only man to rise from the dead as Jonah was in the belly of the whale and he rose again. And he said, whoever believes in me will have life and life evermore. Amen. 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 This Jesus transformed the planet, transformed humanity, transformed our world. But that wasn't the end because on the third day when he rose, if there was no resurrection, there would be no gospel. And his disciples would never have supported a fraud. They would have never have supported a fainted Jesus who they went and resuscitated with some smelly salts on Monday morning. They would never have given up their God-given faith, their God-given belief system, their community. They would have never endured the hostility and the ostracization. And they would have never gone through the persecution as the blood of the apostles became the seed of the church in the first century. They would have never gone through that for a fraud, which is the greatest Assertment to the truth of the resurrection. Jesus is risen. Jesus is alive. Jesus is coming back again. And we see that in this first church that was born. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for the act of kindness shown to a cripple and then asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name, say the name, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who you crucified, but who God raised from the dead. And this man, that this man stands before you, healed. He, Jesus, is a stone you builders rejected, which has become the capstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which they must be saved. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that these were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. This is what the early church looked like. Church, This was a church full of radical Jesus believers. They had heard his words. They had seen the death. They had walked in fear those three days. But then on that resurrection day, their hope was encouraged and they could never be the same. And it says that the crowds of the day saw that these men had been with Jesus. Because when you've been in that kind of intimacy, you talk differently. When you've been in that kind of intimacy with Jesus, you just want to Walk differently. When you've been in that kind of intimacy with Jesus, you start thinking differently. When you've been in that kind of intimacy with Jesus, your value system changes and corrects and adjusts and comes into alignment with the King of Kings and His glorious kingdom. And you say, like Billy Graham did... 60 years ago, I'm going to serve Jesus with all my heart and all my soul. And we're not all called to maybe be apostles or prophets or evangelists. But wherever God has placed you, he's put you at the right place at the right time because there's a glorious message in your mouth. Paul says, Having the eyes of your heart enlightened that you may know what is the hope of this calling. What the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what the exceeding greatness of his power to us would who believe according to the working of his strength of his might, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and made him to sit at his right hand in the heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things in subjection under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that fills in all the church. Dave, Helena, will you come up? In a few minutes, we're going to go and have, we're going to have communion. I'm going to ask the life group, you know, in a minute to come up and be prepared. And we're actually going to serve you where you are. We're not going to walk around this morning. The bread and the wine is going to be served. And then after that, we're going to have some time of ministry and prayer. As they're coming, one last scripture. Jesus, say Jesus, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. Once you were alienated, say me, that's me. Yeah. Once you were alienated from God and were an enemy in your mind because of your evil behavior. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish, free from accusation. Let's stand up together, church, as you continue in your faith, established and firm not moved from the hope held out in the gospel this is the let's read this last part this is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven of which our Paul have become a servant